And now it's my true pleasure to introduce the new CEO of AEO, Amy McKenna-Lewis, who joined AEO less than one year ago. She brought valuable experience in association management, in public policy expertise, a proven fundraising track record, knowledge and experience in leadership development. She's hit the ground running, and I haven't seen her yet stop running. <laughs> we all can feel her energy, so please join me in welcoming Amy McKenna-Lewis. Thank you, Wendy. Good morning, everyone. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the 17th annual AEO Conference and Expo and to welcome you to Kansas City, America's heartland. It is, however, my sincere pleasure to welcome you to the 17th annual and final conference of the Association for Enterprise Opportunity. Yes, you heard right. Final conference of AEO. The reason, let me explain. AEO is going through a bit of a transformation. We are reflecting on who we are, who we are in this country, and who we are in the world. And we are recognizing that some of the trappings, some of the trappings of our identity, no longer accurately reflect, reflect who we are. And therefore, we are looking at all of those trappings. Our 20th anniversary is also almost upon us. We have so much to celebrate and so much yet to do. I came to this role 10 months ago as a bit of an amateur and maybe a little bit concerned about the fact that I was not an expert in domestic microenterprise. But then I recalled the Titanic was built by an expert and Noah's Ark by a rank amateur. I thought about Michael Jordan. He said that he'd missed nearly 10,000 shots, lost over 3,000 games, and missed making dozens of decisive shots. He said, I've failed over and over in my life, and that's why I have succeeded. And now, 10 months into my tenure, I feel what Tennessee Williams said when he said, I thought I had just inherited the sky. Because... We, in these 10 months, I have learned that we have an audacious dream and a monumental, monumental mission to help all Americans achieve independence from poverty through entrepreneurship. Do you believe that we can penetrate the marketplace and meet the demand of all those who would be entrepreneurs despite barriers and backgrounds? Do you believe we can be the go-to organization for thought leaders, members of Congress, academicians, all others who have a stake in fostering entrepreneurship as a path to economic equality in America? Do you believe that micro can become well-known in this country, widely accepted, proven, cost-effective strategy to help Americans realize their dream of self-sufficiency? We do. Your AEO team does, and members must. It will take collaboration in all we do, and we must act as if it's impossible to fail. It's all about being empowered, and we are empowered because microenterprise works. Our eyes are open, and we know we can change the world. But first, we must see changes made here at home in Congress. Our work on the Hill is important to members, 
and good things are happening. Recently, we met with Senators Kerry, Snow, Stabenow, Lincoln, Salazar, Clinton, Reid, and others. This is an achievement for sure, but it's only a start. We're just getting warmed up. These relationships are built on trust. They are strong. They are powerful. Capitol Hill is where microenterprise is heard and served. Thank you. When Professor Yunus and Grameen Bank won the Nobel Peace Prize, he credited the borrowers, the villagers, the peer lenders, all members of the micro family for winning the prize. We are all part of that family, and we too share in the prize together with the millions of entrepreneurs whom we've helped and those yet to be served. We won the Nobel Peace Prize too. Dr. Yunus helped us all stand a little taller and helped us shine a light on what is our life's work. We often say, and I've heard it a lot in the last 10 months, but that's not us. We're different. We don't do that. It is time for us to take our place at the global movement table and be part of the largest family possible. I am not suggesting that we allow others to define micro in the USA as limited by the world's picture we know it isn't $27 given to a street beggar. But the Nobel Peace Prize has given us the opportunity to begin a dialogue about what micro is here and now. And what a gift that is. A big part of it is about filling the gap. Let's listen. Um, Mohamed Yunus, speaking to you from Bangladesh. I'm sorry that I couldn't be present here physically. The question that we should be raising, how many people in the United States do not qualify or are not eligible to get financial services from the conventional banking system? They are the eligible people for microfinance services. So you just count them, city by city, county by county, how many people simply do not qualify in the eyes of the conventional banking system. Uh, our point is banking and the financial services should be inclusive system, not an exclusive system for the privileged people. Uh, so the microfinance, microenterprise, all these in initiatives fill the gap. So there are many, many people in, in this country, in the United States, who deserves this service. So I would say, you. United States may be the richest country in the world, may be the excellent financial services, but they are not for everybody. So we have a plenty of room, and there are plenty of people who would like to fill that gap. The global movement is simpler, numbers are smaller, perhaps less complex, there are fewer regulations. We are different. We are powering the largest economy on earth. It is a noble thing to take people on the streets and give basic tools to start a tiny business in the developing world. It is quite another to do what we do. 
In the U.S., we trace our roots, our micro-roots, back to the beginning of our country when it was established in Jamestown, Virginia, 400 years ago. In Jamestown, America's first micro-entrepreneurs were at work as cobblers. They were, at, they were the backbone of the economy and helped this country establish itself. And they have been the mainstay of our economy ever since. It is time for us to realize the power of our 400-year-old movement. Let's think about the movement in terms of water. Micro is like water, changing the world one drop at a time. Water is the most powerful thing on Earth. <clears throat> water can move mountains. Glaciers shape the planet. What is a drop of water? A drop of water to a tomato plant is life, is fruit, is growth is abundance. Think about it. Enough drops of water change the world. It means thinking big and growing into our power. The country needs micro to survive and thrive. Our clients do not want to stay small. They want to succeed. They are looking for the right approach, the right capital, and the right way forward. Growing is the right way forward. That is one reason we are thinking about changing names, changing the way we think about things. The future is going to be different. This is the dawn of a new era. The spirit of enterprise is the rhythm of our communities. It is the rhythm of our country. It is the heartbeat of our economy. Think about the heartbeat. It goes on and on. You depend on it. Without it, you die. Think about the heartbeat and how micro is the heartbeat of our economy. I have seen aspects of the future in these 10 months. We don't have all the answers, but I have a sense as to what it looks like. It looks like this. The movement is heard and served in the halls of Congress, on the steps of our state capitals, in corporate boardrooms like our Uber sponsor City and so many more, in the towers of higher academia, in the offices of major foundations, where the man on the street understands, where our leaders get it, that our clients, no matter how marginalized, would rather contribute to their family and community than anything. Where we have made micro the elephant in the room. A year from now, we'll be a new organization with a new identity. But today, all of us have important work to do. We are faced with an administration that believes we should spend $160 million in Iraq on micro al alone in 2008. At the same time, it is spending $250 million on microenterprise elsewhere and $30 million in the United States of America. And we know that every year we are faced with fighting to reappropriate that $30 million investment. And so let us step into our power in our role as the economic heartbeat of the country. When you go back home, be relentless in your advocacy. Speak out and realize you are speaking from the heart your own heart, the heart of our country, the heart of our economy. Come from the perspective that we are driving the economic future of this country. Today we are announcing a special Memorial Day campaign, a call to action that begins right now. The framework has been passed out to you. We need you to call or send emails to your representatives, representatives in both houses today and follow up with them when you return home. That is because the appropriations process is underway right now. 
This is a new day. My friends, microenterprise is the country's best kept secret. We need to shout it from the rooftops because microenterprise works. Enthusiasm is contagious. Let's start an epidemic. We are part of a powerful engine for humanity. Together, let's hitch our wagons to the stars. On a building in New York City, an anonymous quote reads, if you don't believe in miracles, you must not be a realist. Let's all be realists. Micro is our miracle. Thank you.